Friendless is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is sponsored in part by Conexus Credit Union and Direct West. Hello, my sweeties. It is me, your old pal, James Aramenko, back again with another brand new episode of Friendless, the only podcast about how to lose all your Facebook friends one hour at a time. This week, I unfriend my very special guest, Bob Orlando. Bob is a project manager for a company that produces 3D scanners and printers for the prosthetics and orthotics industry, which is an endlessly more interesting job than what my layman words can manage to describe. He is also a Keystone member of my long-lost Vancouver poker crew, who I love and miss dearly. Bob and I talk about the intimidation factor of ghost towns, 3D printing prosthetics, vegetarian pep talks, taking the blame for house parties at other people's houses, projecting insecurities onto Dungeons & Dragons characters, and so much more. As always, there is some fun news about Friendless that I'm withholding until the end of the episode, so be sure to stick around for that. But as always, that is then, and this is now. So for now, I will recommend you lean back, get comfy, and enjoy my conversation with Bob the Builder Orlando here on Friendless. This week on Friendless, I have a very illustrious, a legendary friend, if you will. One who comes with mystique and gravitas. <laughs> uh, I think you're overselling it, James. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only Bob the Builder, Bob Orlando. How the hell are you, my guy? Oh, doing good, doing good. As good as you can in quarantine times. Yeah. Now you're you're settled in Vancouver, right? I am. We're right are, right downtown in one of them high rises. Yeah. Now are you still in that same apartment that I that that one time you and I like <laughs> went and played video games and I was so intimidated by the whole like not only just the apartment but like the whole community that you lived in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're still in that one, I think. Um I've lived in two apartments downtown. One mm. of them was like right at like granville and nelson ish um but now we're down in the in coal harbor uh so i think Damn. that was the one that you came to to visit us in and they're just like those places are so crazy because um you know when you're walking downtown everything becomes that weird sort of like it, it's just like faceless blank buildings and you have no idea yeah. if it's an office or an apartment or some weird converted loft or you know whatever yeah. it is and then you and then you go inside and it's like it's these weird little micro worlds, hey? Yeah, totally. And it's like the other thing that's crazy about down around here is like we're right next to the financial district, which I mm. feel like when you're walking around this area on a weekend, you're like, did I enter into a ghost town? Like it is who closes crazy. a subway on a Saturday? For real though. You know, I had that experience all the time in Calgary and uh because basically, I mean, uh all of downtown is basically a, the financial district of, yeah. of Calgary, right? And uh, and yeah, man, Friday at 5 p.m., it's like all you see is tumbleweeds, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've literally skateboarded down like Georgia Street or like Pender right. Street. Yeah. And like, there's no traffic. There's no people around. It's just Unreal. empty. Unreal. Yeah. Now, what, um, are you from Vancouver originally or are I you am. just settled there? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we're, we're from Vancouver. Uh. I think I was born even in uh, St. Paul's in downtown. I might have been wow. born in Lionsgate over in North Van, but 
uh, yeah, one of those two. And lived here my whole life, aside from a stint down in Oregon for a year and a half. So. What what took you down there? <laughs> so it was uh, my first job out of university. So I just finished uh, mm. my degree, and uh, I you know did all the doing my classes, doing my assignments for the most part, and like was doing a lot of tutoring. Uh, and was coming mm. up to graduation and realized, hey, I haven't thought about, you know, finding a job, like doing the thing that I'm doing this whole schoolwork for. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, but luckily, yeah. in one of my uh, in one of my tutoring sessions, this kid came up to me and said, hey, I've been telling my dad about you. Uh, he wants to meet you, see if he has a job for you. So they had me for an interview. I flew down uh, to Oregon for a week for a week long interview. And uh, did a little project, and they were like, "Sure, we'll hire you." Um, and then they gave me an outrageous like paycheck because they didn't know how much engineers get paid in Canada. They were paying me like their salaries, so yeah. I couldn't really say no. And uh, went down for a Was little that, while. Do they get paid more there? Do they? Uh, at least do from they get this paid company, more they do. In America? I don't really know, um, oh, but okay. <laughs> based on the salary they gave me, I think they make more. Um, at least in in my field. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, yeah I went yeah, down, yeah. Uh, but the yeah the work just it wasn't for me. the The town was pretty cool and like the the workplace was chill, but I I just wasn't happy there. So I uh, left and came back. Mm. Um. So what is it? What is it that you do exactly, and how much of that can you talk about? Because I know you're you're, <laughs> yeah. you're just riddled riddled with NDAs. But uh... yeah. <laughs> uh. No. So what we do? Uh, the company I work for. Uh, Vorum, we make a 3D design and manufacturing system for the prosthetics and orthotics industry. So what wow. I do there, like we, we kind of have a suite of 3D scanners, uh, design software and milling machines and printers kind of thing, like fabrication equipment. Um, so my role sure. there for the most part is once we make a sale to a new customer, I am the main project manager of coordinating them, getting all of their equipment, delivering their training, um, or coordinating their training. We've got a couple other engineers on staff that deliver the training and deliver the installation and then mm. uh, kind of help them goal set on what they want to do with the system as well. So the idea is like, you, do you do the printing yourselves or do you more like make the printer that then other people use to print? Is that what, is that what goes on? Yeah, for the majority of or the industry. Of <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't, we don't make any uh, orthotic or prosthetic devices in-house. Um, we don't have any I see, okay. like people in-house that are certified prosthetists or orthotists. So um, we, will, sure. we, we make the equipment that the prosthetist and orthotist use to make the devices for their patients. Wow. <laughs> That's an incredible uh, – what do you call that? It's, like, it's almost like a, a, a hinge of these like, different areas of society that you wouldn't necessarily sort of piece together. Um, and I wonder what, uh, what, what got you there? Like how did you get into – how did you get involved in that? Well, um... Like any other one, I just kind of applied for the job that was available on Indeed. Um, so I had just come back. I just come back from Oregon. Uh, I, you know, uh, was living in my parents' basement um, and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. Uh, had enough savings to kind of spend a, a few months figuring that out. Um, and when I thought back on my previous job experiences, uh, the one that was that I enjoyed the most or looked back most fondly on was. Uh, working in the MRI lab at BC Children's Hospital. Um, so while I was there, wow. we were like, I was seeing how the work I was doing was benefiting the lives of the children coming into the hospital. 
Um, so I really wanted to do something Definitely. that merged my engineering degree with healthcare. Uh, so I was really focused on finding that intersection. And then this company mm. popped up and applied and got hired. And that was a bit over nine years ago now. Wow, man. <laughs> The dream of having a job for nine years in a row. That is incredible. <laughs> like, it's such a, you know, it's, I, I, you always see those really like passive aggressive. Um, well, maybe you don't say, maybe I see it because I'm constantly getting new jobs, but um, I'll always see this advice uh, that's, I always take really passive aggressively of people being like, uh, hiring people don't want to see a bunch of one year credits. They want to see more than a year. And I'm like, buddy, if I could, I would believe me, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't want to work there for only a year. Right. Like, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's definitely tough, but like, you know, to have yeah. a, a bunch of one or two year things and then to go in somewhere that, that wants you for, you know, to stick around yeah. for eight or 10 years and they'll definitely see it as a red flag for sure. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. a hard thing to talk around. And it's also like, just it, I, I think for you, like you kept moving cities to cities. So it's, it, yes. at least it, in pre COVID times, it was hard to stay more. in the same, yeah. same job over that. So exactly, exactly. That's beautiful though. Um, so, so, you know, you're, you're working there. Um, I guess then that means you were already working there by the time we met. Um, and I wonder, or, or probably like maybe just starting kind of thing. Yeah. I think I was just starting now when we, uh, w when we started setting up this interview, um, I started trying to rack my brain and to figure out if there was a time I could pinpoint. And I and I'll be honest, I can't. And so I'm actually really curious if you can help me out with this. If you remember how we met, I think, I like I I also can't pinpoint the exact time, but I think we met uh playing poker at Mark's old apartment off of definitely. Oak Definitely. Yeah. I lived I lived literally behind, the, the, behind him in the alley. I was like across the alley from him there. For someone that lived across the alley, you didn't come very often. Buddy, I was <laughs> in a um, let's just say I was in a different living situation than uh, than than I was, you know, a few years later. But uh, <laughs> there was other let's call them mitigating factors. Uh, mm. But um, but no, I yeah, no, I I. It's always one of those things where it's like you um, you don't realize how – how I keep on saying you. I didn't realize how bad of a friend I was being until in retrospect, until like I couldn't be, you know, until I couldn't mm -hmm. come over. You know what I mean? Um, and then I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. Why wasn't I just over there every day? <laughs> like what was I <laughs> – the fuck was I thinking, you know? Um, those poker nights especially were so fun though. Those they yeah. were they were such a good they were such a good mix because they were like everybody had a job, you know. So it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like back in in university where where <laughs> it was more about just drinking than about playing poker yeah. there, yeah. you know. And then uh, and then uh, um, but yeah, Mark's place was such a blast. And now now you you met that whole group through another Benzler, am I right? You met him yeah through yeah. I met him through Luke. So Luke is my oldest friend. Oh. Uh, so when uh, when my parents uh, separated, when I was like five or so, um, mm. we uh, we we moved over to like Vancouver proper uh, with my mom into Kits, mm -hmm. uh, and I met nice. Luke on my first day into the new school. Um, so I yeah. kind of joined Carnarvon Elementary School in kindergarten, a few months into the school year. 
and Luke was my assigned buddy to like show oh, me around the school. <laughs> man, jackpot. That is oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. that's that's called winning the lottery right there. Yeah, Luke I never bought a lottery ticket after. I'm like, like, yeah, I've I've hit the <laughs> jackpot. So <laughs> Oh man, Luke Benzer, what a what a what a man. You know? Oh yeah, a legend. He's the one that gets the legend and the gravitas intro, not me. That's true. That's very yeah. true. Um now now um yeah, see, I always heard about you in passing because we would just for for what felt like ages, I would just hear about Luke's friend Bob. I would hear about Bob <laughs> the Builder, but you would never like. I don't think you ever came to like Victoria or any of those kinds of parties or anything like that. Or um, and if you did, like we just never crossed over. Uh, yeah. And so it wasn't until years and years later. That's why I thought maybe you like cross over with work or something like that. But um, that's no, so no, cool. I. I was I, I came over to Victoria one weekend um, just to like hang out with Luke. Uh, I was recently separated with an ex-girlfriend and just right. wanted to have my buddies around. So came over for the weekend. And that's where I met most of the people. Like yeah. I met Brady there. Well, no, I, I knew Brady from before, but like met met a bunch of the people there. I think I remember that weekend. I was and I wasn't around for some weekend, one reason or another. But uh, it's funny. I, I think that that legend or that weekend lived in legend about like yeah. the time Bob came to Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I, I must've just been a catalyst because there are so many stories out of that weekend. Um, yeah. Like I, that I was not around for, but just happened like on the same weekend that I came. So they all got tied to the, that's the weekend that Bob came to visit. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, that, that was very much a thing that that group of friends did, which is that they would, uh, they would use somebody as an excuse for their bad behavior. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the stories, but I, uh, according to to Brady and Mark and Luke and 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 all the the roommates of the Mayfair house, um, I was the 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 bad friend who was bringing alcohol and drugs over to the house, and, <laughs> and they didn't want it. But uh, but I was leaving all my alcohol and marijuana all over the house, oh. and uh, and uh, so anytime their parents would come over, they'd be like, "Oh, that's James's." <laughs> <laughs> so you just have the worst reputation among the parents. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is that uh, years later I met all, you know, I met Ernst and I met, met, met Luke's dad and everything. And they all just were like, oh, you're James. And like Ernst was literally like, <laughs> I'm really sorry you have such bad friends. You know? <laughs> so they just like, saw right through it the entire well, yeah, time. Of course, yeah. they're not idiots. They're, you know, they, they, they knew what was happening. They just like yeah. couldn't be bothered because like I wasn't around. So they just were like, OK, yeah, sure. It's James. Yeah, I'm it's sure James, it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking fucking bastards what are your like levels or tiers of friendship and how do you define those and then the follow-up question is what makes someone go up or down a level in your books Ooh, that's a really good that's a really good question and it's something that i actually uh i think about a lot but still have no real definitive answers for you know um because it's almost like it's like people who i um oh man how do i say this it's almost like i wish everybody could be sort of at the same tier yeah. you know i wish i could hold everybody at the same tier and in some ways i kind of do because i just like i just like people who are nice to be 
and more so not nice, like kind. I like kindness, you know, yeah. and I like understanding and empathy. And so people who give me that, you know, give me, you know, that's maybe a bad <laughs> word choice, but you know, like people, people who show up in that way for you. Exactly. Like I, 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 it's very hard for me to forget that stuff. You know, I'm actually always surprised by what people, you know, people will be like, do you remember this? And I'll be like, of course I do. <laughs> right. You know, like, <laughs> like so often they'll almost be like, they'll have held on to a story about us and they'll sort of be like, you know, they'll be tentative almost. And it's like, that's, that's the only thing I remember about you, but um, that's a digression. Um, in terms of like tiers, I guess I would rank it as like, if I had to rank, it would be like people who I can like comfortably cry in front of. Mm -hmm. And then people who, will uh um like i can trust to, to buy me a round of beer and then um <laughs> and then everybody else who i like you know um and then there's and then there's you know strangers <laughs> those yeah, are like yeah. the four you know <laughs> um and then like in terms of coming up and down that's a tough one right because it's like i've um and it's actually kind of a a a root of this show in general is that like i haven't always been a good friend and I know that. And I know that I have lost lots of friendships, um, sometimes through the actions of the other person and sometimes through the actions of myself. And then sometimes through a mishmash of both. And so um, I know I haven't always been a good friend and I'm trying to unpack what that means, right? And um, and so in the past, what has happened when somebody has come up and down has just been like the degree of the fight if you will mm. um i'm not somebody who is like uncomfortable by fighting with a friend i don't think it's a problem to have problems with your friends and i yeah. i think i think you should actually have friends who do challenge you and who do call you on your bullshit and who do hold you accountable right um but but in a healthy capacity not in a mean-spirited just put you down and hold you down way right yeah and that's that's where the difference has come has been when somebody if somebody's holding me accountable it's one thing but if somebody is unfairly doing that that's a whole other process and it, those are the people who i'm like nah i have no time for that shit you're not my fucking yeah. savior you're not my dad like i've you know so those are the those are the times when somebody can go down uh and then conversely on the flip side i think the people go up when um either when they demonstrate like vulnerability to me or when yeah. they allow me to be vulnerable to them without like judgment or without sort of fear of because i think i think um i mean i'm sure this is true for everyone but i can only speak from my experience so i speak from a you know a cis white straight man um it can be really hard to be vulnerable around mm -hmm. people sometimes and so if somebody allows me to be vulnerable in front of them and it doesn't get used you know weaponized right yeah. you know because sometimes yeah. they can use it as shame and all those things right and and so if they don't weaponize it then that's uh that's a that's a pretty good it's a pretty good sign right yeah yeah <laughs> when you meet someone what level do they start on do you assume that they're like they're all in yeah i start high um i'm i'm somebody who will start high and wait for someone to show me i'm wrong okay. um it's but then it's really hard to get the trust back mm, um right. like i'll sort of i'll start implicitly trusting and believing in the goodness of the person and and can't wait for them to prove me right like i'm not like waiting for them to drop the ball <laughs> uh but as soon as they do it 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 fall that ball falls fast you yeah. know um and then it's pretty hard to get it back up it's one of those like it's a squash ball 
You know, it's yeah, like yeah. you can get it going, but as soon as it hits the ground, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was so. Uh, for those listeners that don't know, Jimmy mm. and I are pretty big nerds and play D and D pretty regularly. We do, we, we do. do. So I was, I'm curious, like the where that where this stemmed from is from the character that you play with our group, Virgil. Uh, oh yeah, and okay. Virgil, and whenever he meets any stranger, he's like, "Hi." my name's Virgil. What's your name? And then like learns about them. And the next person they meet, have you met my new best friend? Like you're immediately (laughs) best friends with whoever you meet. And I'm like, I wonder how much of this is like related to exactly how James is, how he wishes he was, or like how he used to be. And then he was hurt too many times. (laughs) You know what? I think it's all three of those. I think that's a phenomenal, uh, that's actually that that makes me feel very seen and i really appreciate that that's actually a very sweet um uh uh what what's that you know uh, assessment of me right um because i think it's actually all three it's like i like giving trust uh i i wish i could give it more and then also i don't as much as i wish i would because there have been times when i've been pretty severely burned by it by it in the yeah. past you know so yeah but uh, also, Virgil is just the fucking best. I just love that character so much. I love that character oh, he's so, so much. Oh, so great. <laughs> and he's a little, he's a little manic. Like I've yet to, I, you know, he's already level fourteen, and I have yet to actually figure out truly where his character lies. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but I do. I mean, isn't him. that just the truth of the, the the default truth of humanity? That's exactly it. You know, he context is king, right? You know, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> I'm level 34. I don't know where my truth lies. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Conexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Connexus Credit Union. How do you define friendship? Yeah, I, and I, I kind of, you know, my question kind of is based on how I define friendship, which is like, there are, to me, there are several layers or levels of friendship, and there's yeah. like layers within those levels. And you can have some friends that you are friends with them for a specific like type of friendship and others that you're friends with another type of friendship, whether like to your levels, like whether it's getting a round of beer at the bar or just like breaking down and crying in front of them. Um, And I think, you know, when you think about friendship, like the closest friends are ones you can do everything with. Um, And there's no judgment on either side. There is compassion, there's empathy. Um, And they'll call you out when you're wrong. They'll challenge you on those things. Um, But I don't think it's necessarily bad to be like a, a, a tertiary friend or a secondary friend, like in that, in that capacity. Like if, totally. if all of my friends were my closest friends, I wouldn't have time to do anything. Oh, God. <laughs> like, like you've got to have like, you've got to have some expectations, right? That's exactly right. And that's, and that's something that I, I struggle with. And yet also that I pretty actively accept and try to sort of amplify is like, it's not a bad thing to be tertiary, like you say, right? I, yeah. uh, um, it just means you're a different slice of pie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. Pumpkin pie is good. Pecan pie yeah. can be great sometimes. I don't always want meringue. cherry pie, but every now and then it can be a good thing. 
every once in a while, I'm like, you know what? Actually, I think I'd like a key lime. You yeah. know, like yeah. that doesn't come around all the time. Usually, it's no. just one weekend in the summer. But when exactly. it does, it's a great time. That weekend rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think there's like there's no one definition of friendship. There's like totally. a bunch of different definitions, and it's totally great to have different people in all different definitions uh, to to just like exists with them in other ways so like i I think the the main thing if you consider someone a friend like in any of those levels rather than an acquaintance it's it's about just you know being present with them in whatever level you're going to be present with them in so if i have just an acquaintance i'll you know i will interact with them a little bit and then kind of go on on my day but uh i'm not really virgil level of getting into all of their deepest darkest secrets like in the first few seconds that i meet them (laughs) well and that's something too um and i think that that's a really healthy and actually really important element of it to keep in mind is that you don't have to over friend everyone right like you can keep it casual and you can you know you can just be kind Right, you don't you don't have to be friends. You can just be kind to people. Yeah, exactly. And leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Direct West has a local expert team right here in Saskatchewan that will work with you to build your website exactly how you imagine it. Let them help you improve your online presence. Head to directwest.com to learn more. How do you wish you showed up better for your friends? And how do you wish your friends showed up better for you? I don't know if you want to get that deep in this podcast. Well, no, you know what? That's a really good question. And again, it is something that I think about and yet, have no real definitive answers because I think, you know, um, you know, I started a new, I, I got a new therapist recently and we're doing a lot of work sort of unpacking my, my trigger cycles and sort of internalized feelings and stuff like that. And so for me, it's, 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 uh, less about what a friend can or can't do for me and more about what I can or can't do for myself and what I need to clock in myself. Um, because I think that I have in the past surrounded myself with people who are, um, who are uh, feeding into a behavior cycle that I no longer want to participate in. Mm. Um, And, and it's why, you know, I mean, without, you know, without going into any detail whatsoever, but it's like, it's why I'm not friends with people who my friends remain friends with, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's cause it's not about, you know, A to B it's about me to C, you know? And so it's, it's um, there's, you know, there's individual stuff there that I don't need my friends to be, participating in if that makes sense right yeah um but then in terms of like myself you know what i wish i was better at is just like remembering to do stuff i'm (laughs) i'm really um i have basically no executive function and basically no object permanence like i just if it if i'm not looking at it it basically doesn't exist to me except in the sort of like miasma of my nostalgia and memory you know and like my sort of like my long ago memories um and and i just want to be better at um 
I want to be better at remembering to text and better at remembering to check in and better at remembering to to one-on-one interface, you know? Yeah. Um, um, something that I'm gr- so grateful that you did recently is just a little Facebook message that then eventually cascaded into getting you on the show, you know? And, yeah. like, but all it was was you just saying, hey, you know? And, like, and I'm just so, like, deeply grateful for that. And I wish I had the... um. It really, it feels like for me, it feels like it comes down to the courage for it, right? Because I don't, I don't always feel brave enough to message somebody who I'm thinking of um, out of any number of internalized shame cycles, <laughs> you know? Um, and I guess on the flip side too, I guess that's what I wish, you know, if a friend is listening to this and wondering what they can do nice for me, thanks, you're, you're, you're a little sweetie and I love you. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, I love a good, I love a good message. I love a good, hey, how are you? Let's talk for 10, you know, 10 text messages and then it peters out and we yeah. don't talk for it. Like, I love that stuff. Who yeah. cares, right? You know, I don't need like a nice, like, I don't need like a, well, good night. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> if you're, if you've got something to do, just don't answer me, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's the beauty of the that. text messages. You just come exactly. back when you can. Exactly. And sometimes that happens to be two and a half years later. And then you're like, oh, this, check out this conversation we had a couple years ago. That's a doozy. Exactly. And it happens to me all the time where I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't write back to them, did I? Four years ago. <laughs> uh, sometimes like, for me, like when I do get up that courage to just send a quick message, be like, hey, how's your life? Like I look at I get it open and I start typing and I'm like, my last message was eight years ago. This is going to be worse <laughs> if I send this than yeah, if I don't. That's totally something I and and, you know, and I've gone through a lot of periods of my life where um. I've been way too outspoken in ways that I shouldn't have been and have been way too like mean. Like I've been mean before and, and just like, I'm so ashamed of that and so embarrassed by that. And so there are people who I would love to reach out to, but I just like feel so embarrassed, you know, Mm. and, and I don't know how to navigate that stuff. Right. So I, so I, you know, in the really healthy way, I just ignore it. (laughs) Uh, just go with Miss Frizzle's message and let, let's get messy. Yeah, exactly. Like, just just yeah. mess it up. Do it wrong. You know right? what? I and and it's something I try. I I I love that. And it's actually I think that actually is a much deeper message than than it's maybe even given cre- credit for. Is like like we should be willing to fuck up more, and we should be willing to admit that we fucked up more. You know, and and uh, it's just so fucking scary, right? And <laughs> and and I and I think that it's also I think the reason it's so scary is because we've been conditioned with social media to believe that we're all these little micro celebrities, you know, and we never know what the thing is that's going to blow up and become news. And so like, we're so terrified of saying the wrong thing to the wrong person and them going to the wrong person. And then it's suddenly snowballing and now your life is over because of, you know, any number of dumb things. And like, obviously, yes, there are people who have said and done things who deserve, you know, I don't know if I want to say punishment, but who deserve some kind of uh, accountability. Yeah, right. But I don't think that that is the appropriate treatment for every single person in every single scenario. And yeah. so so but 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 the problem is we have the tools to do so, but we don't have the knowledge or uh understanding of those tools in order to parse out how to treat each individual moment. And so instead yeah. it just becomes a sledgehammer, you know? And that's the stuff that's really scary, right? Yeah. I mean, I I uh... Any, every time that I have gotten up the courage to actually just send the message that I was like, oh, this could blow up in my face, 
Like it rarely, rarely does. It's usually yeah, a good, you know. good outcome, but uh, it it's really still, is. It's still super scary in that moment. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Vulnerability is. I mean, you know, my 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 favorite poet uh, is this guy named Saul Williams, and he has this reoccurring theme through a lot of his writing that uh, vulnerability is power. Right. That, you know, we it, it's not guns. It's not bombs. It's not muscles. The real true power is in vulnerability because of of what it reveals about yourself and 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 how, you know, the only thing because all those things are false control. Right. You know, you're not actually in control of a gun. You're not actually in control of a situation with a bomb. That's all fake. But when you are vulnerable, you are demonstrating authentic control of yourself which is the only thing that you have genuine control over yeah and and um and that's the scariest kind of moment you can be in right is when you're authentically yourself right oh yeah uh, you know <laughs> i'm and, exposed uh, yeah right exactly because the whoop there goes my mask and whoop, there goes my preconceived belief of what i am now suddenly i'm actually living in the moment as myself and i have to accept that i'm a I'm I'm great and I'm funny and I'm loving and I'm caring and I'm warm and I'm also a complete piece of shit and I've also <laughs> totally fucked up and I've also been a complete asshole and I've also said the wrong thing right you know and yeah. and you have to you have to make you have to reconcile both those things in that one little meat sack that you are right and that's yeah. really fucking hard <laughs> yeah. I mean what, but when you get if you put yourself on the other side of that conversation and someone comes to you to be totally vulnerable and like yeah. just like expose it to you, you're not going to be like, ah, you were mean to me that one time in grade nine. I don't care what totally. you have to say, right? But like totally. when you're on the other side and you're trying to be vulnerable and like show up as your authentic self, like you can't hear that side of your head being like, no, no, no. If you were on the other side and like were trying, had someone trying to be super vulnerable with you, you'd be empathetic with them and form better connection but that's mm -hmm. not what's going through your head in that moment when you're like i'm taking off my mask well that's just it like like emotions emotions aren't rational right emotions yeah. aren't reasonable you know and they're not they're not there to be thought about they're there to be felt you know and and yeah. and it's what's so i think it's why people are so scared of them in today's day and age where we're so stem based right where we're so logic based where the internet is basically an algorithm, right? It's just math, essentially, right? And so where the fuck does emotion come into play in math? Like, technically, it doesn't, right? And so it makes us fucking terrified when we, when we suddenly are faced with open text, right? When it's not a closed, closed parentheses, it's now like, oh, well, what do you feel about that? And it's like, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Uh. <laughs> you want to get me out of my head? No, no, no. That's why I love no. math. Oh yeah. <laughs> These feelings happen outside of where I live. That's all up here, okay? Fuck no. But with math and feelings, I have had some math problems that have made me feel some pretty deep feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, they're, not, yeah, they're not fully disconnected. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I was gonna say actually, anytime I hear the word math, I do feel something. Oh, it's you just feel that something. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, unmitigated horror. <laughs> This is actually a question that I've been looking forward to talking to you about because uh, I have one, but I, I'm not sure what, what you'll bring to this. Uh, and I'm curious, what is your most vivid memory of our friendship? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm interested to hear yours as well. Cool. Um, mine, uh, it was really early on in our friendship. Uh, it was while we were like all still in Vancouver. 
Um, and I hosted a poker game at my parents' house one night. And uh, everybody was going to come over. And you showed up like a half an hour early. Uh, yeah. Or everybody was two hours late. I don't know which one. Um, but you were there. I think they were <laughs> like all a, late. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were there like a half hour before everybody else. And we just kind of opened a beer and sat on the couch and chatted about life for like half an hour. And like, we were talking about like, what's going on in your life? What do you like about it? Like, where are your like pain points? Like, what are we doing about it? And we both just kind of like opened up and talked about what was going on for us. Man, Bob, I remember that night. That was, (laughs) and that was actually like, that was like, I think that was the first time that you and I like were just like one-on-one chatting. I think we had always just been like two drunks at a party until then. And uh, yeah, no. And I, I remember being, you know, I'm like, you know, uh, like speaking of like being terrified of vulnerability, I remember showing up and being like, oh, fuck, I'm early. I fucked up. Oh, fuck, what do I do? And then so quickly it being like, oh, this is actually like way more what I wanted to be doing. Like, you know, like, cause like I'm, you know, you know, poker's all fine and good and it's fun, whatever. But like, I'm way more into like one-on-one let's just fucking get into it. Right. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Cause like I am way more comfortable in a group. Like if you put me in like yeah. a group of like 12, 15 people, we're all just kind of like hanging out and doing something like that is my sweet spot where I'm like in that moment, I'm feeling like I'm connecting with everybody and then everybody leaves. And I'm like, I mm. don't know anything new about any of those people. I'm not actually any more connected to them than when, than before it happened. Totally. And like those one-on-one things, usually they make me like quite uncomfortable. Like, what if I don't know what to say next? Mm. What if this starts getting boring and we have to do something? What do I have in my back pocket for like things that we can do if the conversation <laughs> runs dry? Like, do I still have a Nintendo? <laughs> Where's that AC adapter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just go crawl into the attic for a couple of minutes. I got to find the cables for this thing. <laughs> exactly. I love it. You know, it's funny because the one I always think about is actually very, very similar to that. Um, is when we went on that really weird, oddly tense houseboating weekend. Yeah. And you had to be you had to be sober because you were driving. Yeah. And, um, and I just was like, oh, man, this is bullshit for bob but uh, <laughs> but um but i remember one of the like one of the like kind of afternoons everybody was like retreating from the sun and you were up driving and and i came up and hang out with hung out with you for a while and again it was just one of those like we just shot the shit and you told me all about like how you went vegetarian and and all the cooking you were doing and um and man i was so like i felt so inspired by that it was like every time i talk to you about vegetarianism i'm like i can do it I can do this. <laughs> like I feel like I need you. I need you to make a like a, a like a like a vegetarian guide for me to be like you can do this, James. Because yeah. I'm always that'll like be, that'll be like, their friendship after Facebook. It's just me right? sending you a text every week or so, being like you can do this, James. <laughs> well, because I always get so pumped up when I talk to you, and then I'm like, but steak, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> or or what or worse what i'll do is i will like i'll go pretty vegetarian for like a week or so and then i'll be like oh i'm so cold i'm so cold all the time <laughs> <You know? laughs> it must be because of the vegetarianism exactly it's gotta be <laughs> it's gotta be it's the only thing that's changed not the weather not it, no 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 it's not that i live in fucking saskatoon and it's minus 30 again you know no no, no, no that no. has nothing to do with it 
as goddamn uh, green beans, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, we've been talking about what it takes to be a friend, what it takes to be, you know, uh, engaged with each other and, and what are some things you could do. And, and, and I like to sort of try and distill that down into some sort of like actionable steps for not only for the listeners, but for myself. You know, I take such inspiration from the answers that come out of this question. And so I'm wondering what you think uh, it's going to take to be a good friend in 2021 and then like going forward. Yeah, I I think like if uh, everything from like social media and from this quarantine have have really just like brought to the forefront that all of these connections that we make through Facebook or online or through like group chats they're they're like tenuous at best they're they're like yeah. I learn a bit of information about them I put the rosiest colored filtered things about my life out there um, and I think you know. Yeah. If you want to be a good friend to someone, uh, not just in 2020, but like, and or in 2021, but like at any time, it's really just about showing up and being present and like in a smaller yeah. capacity. So whether it's sending a message that is, you have to be courageous and is terrifying to do, or just, uh, yeah, you know, the quick text message that says, Hey, how are you going? Or uh, you got time to chat on Saturday and like set up a one-on-one -on -one call with somebody just to like learn about their life, yeah. tell them about your life and be open and honest about, you know, what's good and what's bad. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that you nailed it right on the head with the, you know, you got to be courageous. Like it takes, it takes engagement, right? Yeah. It's not about like, we can't be, we can't be complacent anymore. And I think that, you know, um, if, if, if this, if, anything good is going to come out of this. And I know that that even already sounds sort of weird and problematic and I'm not totally sure I'm okay with it, but like if something good is going to come out of this experience, it's got to be that we can't be complacent and we can't be yeah. complicit, right? Like we have to, we have to be active in our lives and we have to be active in the lives of the people around us um, because, because nobody else is doing it for us. Right. It's yeah. like, it's like, well, you know, it's like, I, you know, you know, for myself, I'm always like, Oh, well, why didn't my acting career ever take off? And it's like, well, how many fucking auditions were you doing? How much training were you doing? Like, what were you doing to push yourself into that world? You know, yeah. and, and that goes for everything. It's like, well, what are you doing to push yourself and to be engaged in in your friends' lives? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like like the audition one is a good example. Like you're not going to get good friendships out of sitting around and waiting for good friendships to happen. you got to go yeah. out and make it happen. Yeah. Whew. I uh I I hate to I hate to say it, but we've come to that part of the show. Um um but before I before I pull up your Facebook, um you know man, like I'm just I'm I'm so grateful you are my friend. Uh I'm so thankful that we've met and you know um that you're just like you're just who you are. Like you're just such a ball of positivity in my week whenever we cross paths <laughs> and i you know and i know like sometimes we sometimes we shit talk on po poker and i love it and and i just know you know one thing i'm eternally grateful for you is that i know that behind it all you've got my back and yeah. i know that and i feel it and um and i and i hope you know that you do too you know like you've got that from me right and, and oh yeah uh, 
you know so it's just like yeah man like i just uh i'm 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 really lucky to be your friend <laughs> and i'm really well, grateful thanks, jimmy i'm yeah. really glad to have you as a friend and i'm grateful that you're in my life and i'm most grateful that i can make you laugh because your laugh is like <laughs> my favorite th- part about you <laughs> it's not like, just, hard i'm not just gonna listen lie. to that people <laughs> I have to like I have to like throw my head away from the mic so I don't blow yeah. people's ears up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I always um, enjoy spending time with you. Yeah, man, it's great. And I'm just like I love I love these chances to one on one and catch up with you. It's always it's always such a treat, you know. Um we gotta do one last thing. So Bob Orlando. Here we go. Moment of we... moment of truth. frozen <laughs> seems, like, seems like the internet doesn't want us to be unfriendly. right it's like no <laughs> don't do it <laughs> no, <Bob Orlando>. <laughs> we are no longer facebook friends oh my feed's gonna be so much lighter is it thank you once more to bob for coming on the show he is just such a gem of a man and i'm so lucky to have him in my life speaking of being lucky to have someone in their life why don't y'all tell apple and spotify how lucky you are to have friendless in your life with a nice sweetie pie five-star review share the links tell your friends i need your help to get the word out mostly because I am laughably inept when it comes to social media promotion and I really just need all the help I can get. In some Facebook news, um, Facebook friendless, whatever, I've got a Patreon that's technically gone live this week. I don't know if people still do Patreon or not, but I, I feel like this is like a test pilot to gauge interest, but there's all kinds of goodies on there, exclusive content, writing, ad-free, and director's cuts of episodes, as well as all kinds of other fun stuff. It's all starting at just five bucks a month, so, you know, am I worth five bucks a month to you? Let me know. But that is it for me this week, so I will sign off with a small challenge. This week, tell someone how grateful you are that they are in your life. Thank someone for just being who they are. Tell them all the gooey feelings you've always had for them but have been too neurotic to share. You would be absolutely amazed how you can brighten up someone's day with just a little bit of genuine kindness. But with that, I will leave you, and I'll say I'll see you next week. But that, of course, will be then. And this, of course, is now. So for now, just remember I love you, and I will catch you soon. Fun and safety, y'all. <laughs>